What a word this morning. What a word. You know, when we're given a theme, you know, the unfolding vision. And the man of God comes and then he talks about the finished work. And it actually dawned in my spirit to say, you know, that is why God does not tell us what's going to happen in between. He only tells you about the end, but he does not reveal what's going to happen in between. It is your role and your responsibility to walk with him in between and to believe him in between and to make sure that you don't lose faith in between. Because most of the time, he is so quiet in between. But it is your role and your responsibility to remember what he said from the beginning about the end so that you don't miss what is in between. It is your role and your responsibility to save that. But there are some things that we need to do in between so that we reach our end. Are you with me this morning? So that is why I will talk to you this morning under this topic, how to get from where you are to where you want to be. Because already your destiny is right there. And the question is, how do you get from where you are to where you want to be? You will agree with me that we all want to make progress in life. No one wants to wake up in the morning at the same level they were the previous day. But here is the truth that I've learned over the years. That what God you hear won't get you there. Can, can I say that again? Can I say that again? Especially to the pastor this morning. Listen to me. What God you hear won't get you there. You see, to get where you want to be, you must do what you have never done before. Listen to this. Progress doesn't just happen automatically. It requires efforts. I have learned as a young preacher that our world is a world of cause and effect. What does that mean? Progress is a result. Stagnation is also a result. If you progress in life, it is because there are things that you have done that made you to progress. And if you are stagnant in life, that means there are things that you have not done. That is why you are stagnant. So it is the world of cause and effect. Health is a result. Illness as well is a result. I have also learned that poverty is a result. As much as success is a result. So the truth is, if you want to change the fruit, you must change the seed. Most of the time, people, they want to get there, but they have not changed the seed.
know, over the years, when I came to the Lord, some of you, you know my story. I was taught how to read at the age of 15. I had a tough life at the age of 22. I passed my matric. I didn't say I pass, you know, the way you understand pass. They had to pass me in ruler. Ruler, because you, you are too old now. And life was very tough. But the day I discovered that I had a call of God upon me, I knew that I had to do something about it. When God revealed the end from the beginning, I knew that there were things that I had to do personally. It was not God who was supposed to do them unto me, but these are things I had to do so that I can stand here today and not give an excuse and say, I need John Zangi. There are some things I had to do so that I can meet and complement the call of God. Am I making sense this morning? And those are the things I want us to talk about so that God can continue to unfold the vision that he has with our lives. Listen to what the scripture says in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1. I want to go easy on you this morning. I think we had a too much steak this morning. So we just want to digest this. So I'll go easy on you. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1 from verse 5 to verse 9. It says, for this very reason, Make every effort. Who must make every effort? Make every effort to add to your faith. Okay? You add to your faith. I think the biggest mistake that we make as Christians is that, you know, the moment we receive Christ Jesus and then we think we have arrived. And that is the biggest mistake. But you must add to your faith. It says you add goodness. And to goodness you add knowledge. And to knowledge you, you add self-control. And to self-control perseverance. And to perseverance you add godliness. It's what you must add. In between these are the things you must add in between. You know before you achieve your vision. And the Bible says in verse 8. For if you possess these qualities. Listen to this. In Increasing measure that will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. But listen to this verse with the message translation. I love this. Message translation. It says, so don't lose a minute in building on what you have been given. Oh, I love that. There is something that has been given unto you. God himself has given you something. But it says, don't lose a minute in building on what has been given unto you. Complementing your basic faith with good, listen, with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love. Each dimension fitting into and developing, you know, the others. With these, listen to this, with these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. Oh, 
No day will pass without its reward. As you mature in your experience of our master, Jesus. I love that. No grass will ever grow under your feet. If you allow these qualities to keep on growing. You know why grass is growing under your feet? It is because you have not added these qualities. Sometimes you think that the vision is not unfolding. Or maybe the vision is delaying. Because we have allowed grass to grow under our feet. I've got bad news for you. If you thought God is going to achieve everything that he has revealed unto you by himself, I've got bad news. Is that he's not going to do that. You've got a, a part to play. You've got a part to play. You've got a part to play. So the question is, how do I get from where I am to where I want to be or where God wants me to be? I'm glad you have asked that question. I've got few qualities. If time allows me, I'll give you 10 of them. Number one, if you want to move from where you are to where God wants you to be, I strongly believe you need to grow the lion in you or the leader in you. You need to grow the lion or the leader in you. I strongly believe that in every child of God, there's a lion in the inside of them. All of us, it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. All of us, there is a lion or a leader in the inside of us. I think it was John Maxwell who said everything rises and falls on leadership. And how you view yourself as a leader determines how you will lead others. Listen to me. You know, cats, they always get attracted to rats. If you see yourself as a cat, the only thing that is going to attract you, hey, I'm a if you see yourself as a cat, the only thing that is going to attract you, hey, give my hot feather rats. But let me tell you, lions are not attracted by rats. Lions are not attracted by rats. Lions are attracted by elephants and giraffes because I strongly believe we have been called not to become cats, but we have been called to become lions. But it is your role and your responsibility to move from being a cat and becoming a lion. Oh, I'm here today to encourage somebody who's living a life of a cat. You know, sometimes you, 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 you feel so comfortable that you are playing those tricks, you know, as a cat. You know, you're running after the, the insect and it's like you are busy. You know, the church of Jesus today, you know, they are acting like, 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 a, like, like cats in the house of the Lord. You know, it's like we, we, we are in the zoo. People, they, they throw a little bit of offering and then we, we do some tricks in, in the house of the Lord. Uh -uh. We have not been called for that, Pastor Lord. We have been called to become lions, to command our circumstances, to command our environment, to roar in the midst, you know, of bad circumstances. That is us as the body of Christ. But it is your role and your responsibility to make sure that you move from being a cat and then you become a lion. Because that is us. As the children of God. So grow the leader that is in the inside of you. Or grow the lion. The very same things that God has deposited in the inside of you. 
Make sure that you grow those things. Don't ever allow anybody to kill them or to destroy them. It is your responsibility while you have, you know, the picture of your tomorrow. Keep on growing yourself. Are you with me? Grow yourself whatever materials that you need, you know, for yourself to grow. Make sure you invest in that area. I did not have a best education, but I realized that for my calling, I had to upgrade myself. I had to make sure that I read, I read, I read at least three books a month. That's what I do because I need to become a lion and to make sure that I achieve what God has put, you know, in the future for me. Christians, they don't want to read. And the second thing, if you want to move where you, where you are to where you want to be, you need to grow your vision. You need to grow your vision. Vision, by the way, is the ability to see what is invisible to others. And I love this statement. If you can see what others can't see, you will have what others won't have. It's all about you seeing what others can't see. People who have achieved greatness in life are people, you know, who, who have actually seen what other people could not see. But I've also discovered that there are three elements of a vision. And the first element is that, is what we call insight, okay? And the second one is foresight. And the third one, it is oversight. These are the things that you need to grow you know, as a child of God, as a leader, as a pastor, grow your vision in this area. Now, when you look at the inside, listen, inside is like viewing life through microscope. I love that. You must view life through microscope, okay? You know, when you view life through microscope, it gives you the perception, you know, of under or understanding how things happen in life. When you look at the microscope, probably we have that picture there. When you look at the microscope, you know, the, it shows you things while they are happening. The picture does not make sense. And this is where people begin to criticize you because most of the things that you are doing, they don't make sense at that time. But it is your role and your responsibility, you know, to interpret your vision through a microscope. And at that time, it will never make sense to people. This is what we call insight. And the second thing, you know, it's a foresight. Foresight is like looking at life through telescope. I love that. This outlook, you know, allows us to know what is ahead. You must know what is ahead. And you use a microscope to know what is ahead. Because if you know what is ahead, it doesn't matter what happens in between. Because you know what is ahead. Even when they criticize you, but you have used your microscope to look at the future. And most of the time, people, they don't know what is happening in the future. You see, if you know what is happening in the future, you would relax today. You would relax and you would chill out today because you know. Even when God begins to bless other people, it does not bother you. Because you know the one who holds the future. You know what is ahead of you. So, the, the third thing, you know, the third element you know, in the area of growing your vision, you need what I call oversight. Oversight puts life in context. It is like flying over a city with a jet. I have put that picture right there. It's like flying over a city, you know, with a jet. 
Listen to this. Big objects, they become small. And this perception gives us understanding of why things happen. How I wish the children of God can have these three elements, inside, foresight, and oversight. Because if you, you, you fly, you take a view with the jet, you will understand your environment. You will understand what is happening. You know, most of the time, while you keep on walking among people, and this is what happened in our area, because we, we kept on walking around, and then it was crowded around, and we thought there was no land in Kempton Park to build Hope Restoration Ministries, because we were just walking around. Until I had an oversight. Taking an helicopter with somebody, I said, I just want to view what is happening in the area of Kempton Park. I was shocked to realize that we had a lot of land in Kempton Park because I took a different view. Oh my goodness. Man. Oh, can I speak to somebody? You see, your problem, you are crowded. Your problem, you are in the wrong place. Your problem, you are in the midst of crowds. If you want to be elevated, if you want to go further, if you want to go where God wants you to be, or can I say to somebody, you need to elevate yourself a little bit. Go higher and you'll have a different view because now you have taken a different level. So you need to grow your vision. You need to grow your vision. If you want to be where God wants you to be, number two, grow your vision. And number three, you need to grow your thinking. You need to grow your thinking. How do you get from where you are to where you want to be? Grow your thinking. Listen to me. To be called of God doesn't mean we must stop thinking or stop applying our minds. And this is what I've seen in the body of Christ. When people are spirit filled it's like they stop thinking we stop thinking you watch television and you sometimes try to understand this prophecy that are coming you realize Guti, people have stopped thinking you know when somebody comes to you and say uh, your cell number is 083544 that is not a prophecy I know my number that's my number that's my cell phone number and there is nothing exciting about it. If really you are a prophet and you are into numbers, Wayne, and you know that I'm struggling, give me some lotto numbers, Papa. Don't give me my cell phone. Give me some lotto numbers. We, hey, we need money. It doesn't help me at all to give me my number. It does not make me better. It does not elevate my life. If you really want to elevate my life, if you really want to go deeper, Papa, listen to me, you better give me some lotto numbers because you are going deeper in that way and you are making me better. I was just saying, when we come to the Lord, we stop thinking. We stop thinking. You know what I've discovered? Is that God did not give Adam a chair. He gave him a tree. He 
said, if you need a chair, here is the tree. Use your thinking. Use your brains. And when you use your brains, and then you will find a chair, you will find a furniture. But unfortunately, the church of Jesus, we are stuck with trees. And we are saying God has not provided. God has not blessed us. Yet God has given us the tree in everything that we need. It's in the tree. All that you need to do, just use your... Use your thinking. You need to grow. I think it is Michael Angelo who said this beautiful word. Listen to this. He says, every block of stone has a statue inside it. And it is the task of the sculptor to discover it. But if you don't want to think, you're not going to discover that statue in that piece of block. But it's all about thinking. Look at the person next to you and say, think Number four, you need to grow in compassion. If you want to move from where you are, even as a leader, if you want to grow your church, if you want to grow your organization, I strongly believe you need to grow in compassion. Listen to what Martin Luther King Jr. says. He says, through compassion, I love this. He says, through compassion, it's more than flinging a coin to a beggar. It comes to see that an edifice which produces beggars needs restructure rain. He says it is not enough just to give a coin and you think it is compassion. Guys in Kempton Park and Tembisa, they know Pastor Matebula does not give coins to beggars because I was once a beggar. And when you give me a beggar, it does not, when you give me money, it does not make me better. I just take that money and go buy glue. So I don't do that. That is not compassion. But you see, true compassion, you go into the root of it. You just take a pause. You begin to ask a person, you know, what is it that has made you to be here? Why are you on the street? And you will begin to listen to their story. And their stories will begin to change your life. And the moment your life is changed, you're going to move from where you have been to where God wanted you to be. The only thing that makes us not to grow, it is because we don't have compassion. Listen what the Bible says. It says, when Jesus saw the clouds, he had compassion. Would you allow me to conclude by saying, if you have not seen something, you will never have compassion. And when you look at that scripture, the Bible says Jesus went. That is verse 35. He went to towns and villages. You start by going. And you are able to do what? To see. And when you see, you will have compassion. So it says when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So you go first, you see, and you grow in compassion. And then when you grow, automatically you will move from, from where you've been to another level. I want to challenge the church of Jesus. We need to grow in compassion. If you want to see 
the vision of God unfolding in your life as an individual. Grow in compassion. It changes your life. It makes you a better person. It makes you a better leader when you are full of compassion. Is this good? Look at the fifth one. I'm not going to spend time on that one. Look at the fifth one. If you want to move from where you are to where you want to be, grow your appetite. Grow your appetite. The problem of God's people is that we are not hungry enough. We are not hungry for souls. We are not hungry for growth. We are not hungry to improve our lives. It's like we have settled for less. And then we have come up with a term. And we are even saying it is a will of God for me not to grow in this area. We are saying it's a will of God. You know, let me show you a clip. I hope we're going to find it. We're going to get it right. Show this clip. Watch this. Because we are talking about your appetite. I don't know what do you call that. But you know what I call that? I call that appetite. If it was a black folk, a black folk will say, uh -uh, you cannot attack a crocodile in the river. It is not the will of God. But not to a hungry jaguar. <laughs> not to a hungry jaguar. If you are hungry, it doesn't matter if it's a crocodile in the water. It's all about appetite. I am here to challenge the church of Jesus. When people are saying well, you cannot go in here, we are saying in the name of Jesus, we know what is in the inside of us. You have been apologizing for too long. You have been making excuses for too long. Listen to me. It doesn't matter where is this thing. You can go in there and grab it in the name of Jesus, even in their territory. If you know the one that you serve, it doesn't matter even if it's in the river with the power that has been deposited in the inside of you. You can just come and take it. When I was watching that program, I was listening to the commentator who was giving us the background of that was saying this jaguar actually tasted the, the meat of the crocodile on the surface it was not in the river when it started eating the meat of the crocodile and since that day it never had an appetite of anything but it realized that the thing that I want is in the water and I've been told that in the water, this thing, it is powerful. But I also realized that my appetite is powerful than the thing that is in the water. So the question is, how hungry are you? How hungry are you for the growth? How hungry are you as a leader? How far do you want to grow? But as long as you see yourself as a cat, you will be satisfied with reds and insects. Not the jaguar. Because your appetite 
it is big. I want to challenge you, child of God. I want to challenge you as a business person. I'm saying go higher, grow your appetite, grow your appetite, grow your appetite as a pastor, grow your appetite, go in, grow the body of Christ, grow the ministry of Jesus wherever you go. You know, the other thing that I've learned about the appetite, I've learned this from Bishop Musason. Doesn't matter. It might be at Ivory, we plant churches because he has an appetite for souls. And I have learned from that. Now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It can be Ivory, you know what? Our appetite is so big. Even those people, they belong to God. We go in there. We plant churches. It doesn't matter where they are. We go in. We plant churches because our appetite is so big. Your problem, you've got small appetite. But look at the person today and say, that is changing, it's coming to an end. I'm going to grow my appetite. I'm growing my appetite. I'm growing. I don't know in which area, in which area, I don't know. If it's in the area of education, just grow it. If it's in the area of leadership, just grow it. If it's in the area of business, just grow it. If it's in the area of making money, just grow it. We need more money in the body of Christ. We need more money in the body of Christ. Just keep on growing. Grow your appetite. You must never be satisfied with the little that you have. Keep on growing. Those of you who are familiar with Midrand, there's the biggest mosque, mosque in Africa. It's right there in Midrand. The biggest mosque in Africa is in Midrand. Built by one man. One man who had an appetite to grow Islamic. One man. He gave 275 million for one project. One man. Because he has an appetite. But when it comes to the body of Christ, we don't have an appetite to grow. I am here to declare, I said, we need more money. They, they, they might call you a greedy person, go out there and make money for the body of Christ. Go out there and make billions for the body of Christ. You must have an appetite. Hey, as far as you can see, that is how you're going to receive from the presence of the Lord. The problem is that we receive little because our appetite is so small. Do you want to grow from here to there? Yeah. Number six. Grow in humility. Grow in humility. The Bible says Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. In favor with God and favor with men. It was not only spiritual. We grow in every area. Grow in humility. Please write this down. Be like a willow weeping tree. Don't be like a palm tree. Uh -huh. A willow weeping tree grows up, but the branches, they touch the ground. As much as you continue to grow, you must be able at the same time to touch or reach out to the people. I've been watching Bishop. I've been watching Bishop Musa. You know, at the distance, with all the achievement, with all the grace of God in your life, you continue to grow up, but at the same time, you stretch yourself to the people. You can still speak to the Bishop. You can still touch him. 
you can still say hi to him. Are you with me? This is how you grow. This is how you move from where you are to where you want to be. This is how the vision unfolds. The problem is that, you know, you begin to grow three people, four people. Can I speak to my friends? Four people. Six people. Now there's 12 security. Nothing wrong with the security around you. But what I'm saying, it is only five people. You are scaring people away. Still in a small tent. Wait a little bit. The Mercedes Benz will come. For now, you can't park a Mercedes Benz next to a tent. It doesn't make sense. I don't know about you, but it doesn't make sense to me. Just walk in humility. Just walk in humility. Just walk in humility. Just do what you're supposed to do. Mother, I know you are a good preacher, but people, they still want to say hi unto you. People, they still want to say hello unto you. But here we are. There's a door behind the pulpit. You preach a sermon. You disappear behind the pulpit. Yet you want to grow. You want to move from where you are to where you want to be. Just grow in humility. When you are wrong, just say, I'm sorry. When they rebuke you, just say, it is okay. The problem that we have in the body of Christ, we've got people who are so super spiritual to a point that you cannot correct them. The moment you correct them, there's another church out there. And how are you going to grow from here to there when they rebuke you? And I look at these kids, they've got their heads like my table said, they, it's so big, boy. Even the husband, the husband uh, behind the wife. By a, how are you going to grow? How are you going to establish? How are you going to move from here to there if you don't have humility? If you can't humble yourself? Let me tell you, it takes humility to grow. It takes uh, when you say, I'm so sorry, that is how you're going to grow from one level to another level. But if you know it all, it's going to be a problem. People, they run away from people. Who are full of pride. So bring a balance. Don't be too spiritual. But you fail to be in favor with men. For people to favor you. You must walk in humility. You must stretch your branches. Don't be a palm tree. People they want to reach out to the fruit. But it's so far away. People they want to reach out. It's so far away. Yet you want to move from where you are. To where you want to be. Number seven. Grow in reputation. Grow in reputation. You see, reputation is your gold. And what I've discovered over the years is that reputation travels. Three things that happen with, with reputation. 
Number one, it travels. And number two, it draws. And number three, it's visible. This is what I've realized about reputation. You remember the Queen of Sheba? The Bible says she heard. This is what she says. She said, I have heard about your reputation. Because reputation travels. People will hear about your reputation. If you want to move from where you are to where you want to be, make sure you build your reputation. Because your reputation, you know, travels. It will open doors for you before you even reach out to that place. Your reputation will travel faster than you. Build your reputation because people will hear about your reputation. Sometimes people, they appear before their reputation. And when they appear there, they are saying, we have heard about you. But your reputation is not good. Build your reputation. Before you leave from one company to the other, make sure you serve well in that company because they're going to call them and say to you, know this person. When I hear you are, you fight your boss. They call, they call. How is this person? Somebody came to our church and she was so good and I was looking for a PA. Good person. But I had to check with one pastor. I said, I understand she was your PA. How is she? And the pastor said, eh. <laughs> And that was everything. So reputation draws. You know, she came. The queen of Sheba came. She came. And reputation, it was also visible. Build your reputation. You know, if I was speaking to the pastors, I would say, make sure your reputation is excellent. Build your reputation. When you stand before people, oh my bishop, you delivered. When you stand before people, you don't make excuses. You don't search for verses and ask the congregation, stand up here and minister the word. You know, you prepare yourself. Listen what the Bible says. It says when the queen of Sheba appeared, you know, when she saw the food on the table, because the food was amazing. The servants in the house were amazing. She says she, the Bible says she was overwhelmed because of the reputation. So when you stand as the man of God, as a woman of God, make sure you deliver. Give people the food. Give people the stuff. I always say to people, you know, use the pots for the kitchen. Cook with the pots in the kitchen. When you come to the dining room, you dish out the food. Because people, they don't want the pots in a dining room. They want the food. Well, you may not agree with me, but I've learned over the years that people, they don't care about your Greek. That is the pot in the kitchen. Leave that in the kitchen. Bring the food in the dining room because people are hurting. Because people are struggling with serious stuff. When you bring the pots in the, in the dining room, you might actually confuse them. Just bring the food. Just deliver. Because people are hungry. Don't come up with games. Don't play games with people. Just give them what they need. Give them what you have received from the Lord. Wasn't that a, a good word, Barcelona? This morning, that was the food from the oven of God. And that is what we need in our churches. That is what we, we declare in our churches, that there will be food 
food on the table. Not just games and entertainment. Today we just have entertainment, no reputation at all. You know, sometimes you, look, you, you listen to the preacher. Preach is so good. Because these guys, they are so good on the pulpit. They preach so good on the pulpit. The problem is that when they leave the pulpit, even the trousers, they go down when they leave. So it is better. Reputation. Reputation. Fight for it. Keep it. Told you I wanted to go slow on you today. Let's deal with these things. How's your reputation? Ask somebody, how's your reputation? Are they hearing about it? Can people come to your place because of your reputation? Can they see your reputation? And the last three. The last three. My bishop, help me. Which one is my remaining time there? I'm no longer sure. I don't want to mess up. I still want to be invited here. <laughs> so number, number eight. How do you move from here to there? Grow in generosity. Grow in generosity. You know, the Bible says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Listen to me. If you want to move from where you are to where you want to be, it's not going to be prayer only. You must learn to be generous. Be generous with your kindness. Be generous with your love. Be a person who forgives other people. You must be generous even in every area of your life. Even in the area of giving. There are people who want to grow but they are not generous. Let me tell you. People, they will always run away from stingy people. You know those type of people? You know, you take them for lunch, you know, and then when the bill comes in, there and there, they just want to go to the bathroom. bathroom. All the time, when the bill arrives, where now you are the first one to go to the bathroom, and people, they don't want to spend time with those type of people because you are stingy. And stinginess, you know, also goes even in the area of leadership. You've got guys who are thinking they'll grow their church, but while they're still members, they're not tithing. You're not a tither. And one day you're going to be a pastor. You expect people to tithe. Yet when you could not tithe, you just sow a seed. Before you attack people and say they are not giving. Maybe let us check on you. How's your giving on your life? Be a generous person. You see, generosity will open doors for you. Generosity, generosity will make your world to grow larger 
and larger. Your generosity will make your vision to unfold. People will open doors for you. You know, they will usher you. Even your gift will usher you, you know, before great men, before kings. That is what generosity can do. You can just do that. Be generous. Be generous. You know, there's a minister, I'm not going to mention his name. You know, he was under a serious attack because he said some wrong things on television. And everybody on Facebook, they were just on him. The nation was angry because of what he has uttered. And I realized that the church of Jesus is actually at stake here. It was not about him. Because even one organization, one political party, they were going there to, to burn the church down. It was so bad. And the guy was saying, you know, I cannot handle this, Pastor Chris. I'm, I'd rather run away. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going away. Maybe probably Australia. I had to come in. I had to come in. I had to sit with him down. And I said, listen, don't make any excuses. You're just going to go to the people and apologize. And said, you know what? You have missed it. And then the other guys, I'll handle them. I'll handle them. Went to this political party. They were so angry. I said, guys, come, let's sit. Let's deal with this. This is not a political organization. This is the church. Allow us as pastors to deal with this. You can deal with other things, but this one is under my watch. I'll take care of that. You know, I was so kind with forgiveness. I had to extend kindness to this man. At that time, many people were so angry and say, Matebula, how can you do this? I said, listen, it's not about the color of the skin. It is about the kingdom. Especially when somebody says, I'm so sorry. Somebody has to extend, has to extend, you know, forgiveness to these people. And let me tell you, by doing so, I was not aware that somebody had to mess up so that I can come in and give forgiveness. And doors of our ministries were opened. People overseas, they said, we have seen what you have done with this man. Can you come and speak to us? Now doors, intentional doors have been opened. My world, my world has grown larger and larger. I'm just using that as an illustration to you. To say if you want to grow, if you want to move from where you are to where you want to be, just be a person of generosity. Grow in generosity. Please. Do you want to grow? Grow in generosity. Come on, give God a big hand of praise. Let me give you the last, the last two. Let me give you the last two. I think we are doing well. And number nine, grow in excellence. Grow in excellence. Well, I want to also confess on this one. Excellence, you know, I've learned excellence from this house. I've learned excellence from this house. Maybe Bishop, I just want to honor you because I would come and sit somewhere there. You know, as a young preacher, I'll sit somewhere there and I'll watch excellence in this house. You know, I'll watch the watch ticking before the first song. Everything will start on time. I will watch the bishop, he will pick up a piece of paper. You know, I'll look around and see the, 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 the place, the yard. 
very clean. Everything is excellent. The way people dress up in this place, you know, the worship team, you know, the band, everything. It is so excellent. That is why you were growing and I said to myself, I want this thing. I know I am a careless person. I know I am a Shangani boy. There was no order in my life, but I said to myself, if I want to grow, these are the things I must learn. I must grow in excellence. Listen to me. It is not godly not to be excellent. Excellent honors God. How's your room this morning before you came to church? Did you fix your bed? Do you know where are your socks? Do you know where are your underwears? Or you wake up in the morning, EP underwear, I'm EP, EP, EP. You don't need And then you want God to move you from where you are to where you want to be. Yet you are still searching for underwears and socks. Grow in excellence. These are the things you must do in between. As much as God has revealed the end from the beginning, these are the things. God is not going to give you excellence. It's something that you must grow yourself. You must know that it's, we start 8 o'clock, we start 10 o'clock, and 5 to Okora to 10, you are right there. You are ready for the message. Are you with me? You don't keep on running. When every Sunday you are late. Every Sunday you are late. We know. You know, she's always here. We know. We know Mam Zodwa. That you are always led. Yet you want God to unfold the vision. You want God to move you from here to there. Grow in excellence. If you are a business person, don't make excuses. If you have to deliver, deliver on time. Do your business with excellence. If you've got an appointment, make sure that you do your work with excellence. If you know you're going to delay, you call them before that time. You don't call them five past ten to say, I am late, yet you are supposed to be there ten o'clock. Uh -uh, that is not excellent. You do, you know, the work of excellence before you even reach there. And let me tell you, people will honor you. People will open doors for you. People will recommend you to other people because you have grown in excellent. Excellent is the key for church growth. Excellent is the key, you know, to the growth of the leader. If you are excellent in everything that you do, let me tell you, doors are open for you. They will honor you. So grow in excellence. I don't believe in African time. Because I don't know where does that thing come from. Excellent. Excellence is the key. And let me close with this. Grow in discipline. Do you want to see God unfolding your vision? Grow in discipline. Discipline will sustain you until the end. Discipline. I think it was Zig Ziglar who said these words one day. He says, there is no elevator to success. You have to take the stairs. There is no elevator to success. You have to take the stairs. That is discipline. Take it one step at the time to your success. God has revealed the end from the beginning. But it's going to be discipline in between. That will make you to achieve your goals. That will make you to achieve what God has designed for you. Discipline. 
peace will come. As an anointed man, there are things that will come on the way. I know not here in Soweto, but somewhere in Tembisa, women, they bring themselves next to the anointed man. Not here. But somewhere in Tembisa, I had some offers. There was a moment my wife was sick for two years, Bishop. Two years. There was nothing that was happening in the house because she, she was sick. And offers came. And somewhere in my spirit, you know, there was that thing that said, the Lord will understand. Two years of starvation. Two years. Listen to me. The Lord will never understand. It takes discipline. If you want to move from where you are to where you want to be, it's all about discipline. The flesh will trouble you, but you speak to the flesh and say, My shalepanti imam bumteto, because this is where I am going. I'm not going to lose my mind. Right here, it is discipline. Many of you, you were supposed to be here already, but the problem is that you were not disciplined right here. <laughs> supposed to be a manager of the company now. You are supposed to be a CEO, but the problem is that there's no discipline. Every woman next to you, you think now, kiss dog. Discipline. And you will see your vision unfolding. The thing that made David to reach, you know, the palace of the kingdom, it is because he was disciplined in his private space. He killed the lion and the bear in his private space. There was no one who was watching. No one celebrated him. No one was a spectator while he killed the lion and the bear. The question is, can you kill the lion and a bear? And even if somebody is not celebrating you, but you are still comfortable that I have won in my private space, even if they are not celebrating me, I am okay about it. You see, most of the time, people, they want to be celebrated while they kill things in their private space. They are not honoring you. Nobody honored David, but that was okay. He was disciplined. Listen to me. Whatever you don't kill in your private space will catch up with you in a public space. We don't even have to mention names. We had people who have been voted into presidents in this country. They failed big time. In their private space, they had no discipline. They gave them positions. Thinking that they will come right. You will never come right here. But you exercise discipline from here. And when he faced Goliath, he could face him. Listen what he says to Saul. He says, I was faced with a lion and I killed the lion. I was faced with a bear and I killed the bear. He's using the things, you know, the achievements of his private space to face the, the giant in the public space. What is it that you have killed in your private space that qualifies you to stand in the public space? You must kill things in your private space before you face the giant 
in the public space. That is how you move from where you are to where you want to be. Well, I still have some other points, but because I've got five children and I want them to be supported, I'm not going to preach about all the points. Some of them are still in the book, hallelujah. So you're going to get the rest in the book in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Why don't you stand on your feet this morning and come and give God a big hand of praise and say, I am moving from where I am and I will move to where I want to be. Come on, give somebody a high five and say, come on, let us move. Come on, you have been in this place for too long. Tell them you have been in this place for too long. It is time for the vision of God to unfold. It is time for the vision of God to unfold. Come on, give God a big hand of praise. Come on, give God a big hand of praise. Singena la mtiwa mungenwa kona. Simpumena mtiwa mpunyo kona. With Jesus on our side. Yes, man of God, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Pambilisiya, yeah. Pambilisiya, yeah.